Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Bucknutters, it is Thursday, June 1st, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. We are here with Mark Porter and Bill Curlick, as we are every Thursday. If you are on YouTube, if you are watching this on YouTube right now, I need you to go hit the subscribe button. If you are not a subscriber, you will then get the show delivered to your inbox. We have a bunch of other videos we're working on now that will come to you. Any of Mark's scouting videos, all the videos we did with the coaches and the Bucknuts Morning 5 delivered to your inbox daily. Also, our bosses really like it when we do this. Please go hit the subscribe button. If you are not a subscriber on YouTube right now, that would greatly assist us. Another great assistance is Bill's ability and desire and really acceptance of getting in his car and heading to Places I can't pronounce. Yesterday, Wapakoneta. I believe that was accurate. Not Patascala. It's Wapakoneta. Very interesting quarterback duel up there will be the headline. This is another in Ohio's burgeoning seven-on-seven advance in uh, off-season football. Bill, please let us know who was there yesterday, what you saw, who impressed you. Yada, yada. Well, it was the uh, round one of the seven-on-seven battle, as I said to uh, uh, Tavian St. Clair and Ryan Montgomery after the event was over last night. Uh, Round two will take place at Ohio State in June uh, when the Buckeyes have their team camp, and both of those teams will be there again. I would say that one of the things I took from last night was that uh, when Tavy and St. Clair and Ryan Montgomery were throwing, there were not many balls on the ground. Uh, lots of completions, lots of scores, uh, 
and not a lot of uh, hope for the defenses to stop those two. Um, they, they did it such that, um, you know, Finley and Belfountain obviously were there. Wapakoneta was there, and then Shelby was the other school. So uh, they each played each other, and the final game was Belfountain against Finley. Um, it, it was just an interesting, you know, battle, I guess you'd say. Uh, they were both very much on point as they threw the ball. Physically, they look a lot the same um, in that, you know, they're both about six, three and a half. They're both about 210 pounds approximately. And they're both, you know, starting to really get ripped. One of the things, though, that I, I really had to think back to was that when I watched Tavian St. Clair um, as a freshman at Ohio State's team camp, the difference between him now and then, it's almost astounding. A lot of difference there. Uh, he's just more, you know, he's physically bigger, stronger, throws the ball harder, has more zip on it. Mark has talked many times about, you know, you can hear the ball and all that. Tremendous difference in him now as opposed to then. Ryan Montgomery, I also saw, I went to one of his games. I went to a couple of his games, actually, when he was a freshman. And, you know, I've kind of seen that uh, tra transition go uh, incrementally. So I didn't notice a big a difference because I've seen him uh, incrementally get bigger, stronger. So they are both absolutely power five quarterbacks. And uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what happens with those two in the coming years. What do you think the vibe is? Can you get a sense from either one of them who is higher on Ohio State or do you get a sense that you and one of them is about to pull the trigger? Well, neither one of them is about to pull the trigger. I talked with them both again about that last night. And, um, you know, they're still in the evaluation process. Uh, Montgomery talked about, I'll have a video interview on Buck Nuts today uh, with Ryan. You know, he's finished with his world tour. He's been from the state of Washington on the West Coast all the way to schools on the East Coast. He's, he's seen school after school after school, uh, but he's still not close to a decision. His next thing will be to narrow things down uh, either with his family or publicly to get five, six, seven schools that he's going to focus on. That's next on his agenda um, as far as recruiting goes. Tavian is going to be, he hasn't visited all the schools yet uh, like uh, Ryan has. Next on his agenda will be to continue visits. Uh, he is going to leave for LSU uh, on Friday. Uh, he'll also go to Alabama. He's taking a Southern tour. I think uh, the other one, I believe, was South Carolina. Uh, you know, he's going to come back. He's going to be at Ohio State on June uh, 15th uh, for, you know, working out one day camp. And Ryan Montgomery is going to go back to Ohio State and work out with Corey Dennis. But uh, he's got a lot, a number of more visits to take. And then, you know, uh, Ohio State will continue to do their evaluations. But I feel very confident in saying that one of three quarterbacks is going to end up at Ohio State. Uh, Tavian St. Clair, Ryan Montgomery, or Bryce Underwood from Michigan. Ohio State's offered those three. That's the three offers they've got out to 2025 quarterbacks. And I would be absolutely shocked if one of them does not end up at Ohio State. All right, Mark, I have a great question for you here in a sec. But Bill, knowing the Bucknutters like I do, here are the next questions for you after your recent statement. One, 
is it first come first serve two is there any chance two of the three end up in the class you know it's kind of funny i i, I talked with some people last night about that and you know i hate to say never in recruiting because it is recruiting but i would be shocked if two of those three end up at ohio state uh the second part of the question the first come first serve that's uh, uh that's the situation that's developing. You know, Ohio State knows that they don't have to uh, um, finish their evaluations at this point because none of the three are even close to making a decision. That's not going to a decision from any of the three is not going to happen in the next week or even the next uh, couple weeks. Uh, so, but that's going to come, and um, it's just going to you know. Uh, they have their evaluation times both sides, so to speak. Ohio State can continue to evaluate, and those quarterbacks can, can continue to evaluate. Mark, where do you put these two in context with um, the Ohio quarterbacks Ohio State's offered in like, the last five or six years? Uh, you Drew, know, Drew Aller would be your most recent one, I think. Yeah, you know, Drew is a little bigger, a little more of a drop-back guy. You know, Ryan Montgomery can kind of be a Drew Aller type. And I think Bill even said Ryan Montgomery starting to remind you of uh, Dylan Riola. You know, like Dylan was really strong early on, and that's what we fell in love with is how big and, you know, he, he was enamored with the power he threw it with. Well, Ryan's been in the weight room, and he looks like he's going to be that type. Uh Drew Allers, I'm going back to Braxton. None of these guys are Braxton Miller. Cardell Jones, you know, he kind of falls in that Drew Aller thing. Uh, trying to think of some other Ohio names. Bill, do you have any other Ohio names from the last couple of years that I, you know, missed right now? Because uh, it, it doesn't seem like our our guys have come from Ohio recently. Um, I tell you what, I, I thought, yeah. it's yeah, been they, interesting that there's two guys now, and we really and the Drew Aller sweepstakes got started late and really was. I don't ever remember a day where I thought Drew Aller was coming to Ohio State. It's just very interesting to me that we've gone a stretch here without an Ohio and a quarterback, and now it seems like I'm pretty confident one of them is going to be a Buckeye, so that's a good thing. Yeah, so, yeah, going back, these guys are on that upper, upper echelon. Uh, Tavian Sinclair just moves a little bit better, I think. You know, when I saw him in the game, he made a few scrambles that I really liked, and this highlight film had some nice-looking scrambles. He's not Braxton Miller by any means. I don't want to put him in that category, but he's he's pretty good with his feet. And, and Ryan, he's not uh, a crazy athlete like a Braxton Miller, but he plays basketball. He'll run and beat you with his feet too. But, you know, you're really getting down to finite evaluations here. And if you had nine guys sitting at a table and they all got asked this question, they all had to spill their guts on the two, I, I doubt there's much difference between the both of them at the end of the day. Uh, and that first come, first serve thing, you know, I, you guys are talking about that. I'm the cynical one where I might tell the press that, yeah, I'm waiting a few weeks, but I'm going to be real selfish and commit in a few days if I really want that Buckeye offer. I mean, boy, I mean, it, it just seems like they're all kind of real nonchalant about, yeah, I'm just going to wait on this. Like, most people don't wait on this. And I don't know why this seems like they have so much time and they're all so relaxed about it. Hats off to them. But, uh, boy, it's all over for you once, once the other guy commits. Yeah, let, let me hit on something real quick. Uh, Mark mentioned, and I think you did too, Dan, mobility. Um, you know, I've talked uh, quite a bit about Ryan's mobility and all that. I haven't talked as much about Tavian's. Uh, that's one thing he really has going for him. He is a very mobile quarterback. Now, having said that, um, 
he and I actually talked about this last night. Having said that, he is a mobile quarterback. He's not Braxton Miller, and Ohio State doesn't want him to be Braxton Miller. Um, uh, Tavian considers himself a pass-first quarterback, even though he's very mobile. And Ohio State was really, really impressed with him when Corey Dennis went to see him and then offered him that scholarship uh, in the past week. They were very impressed with him and his mobility. Um, but, uh, you know, again, a little bit more along the lines of Joe Burrow, who I used to always say, Joe Burrow is very good with his legs, but he is great at keeping plays alive until he can find a receiver and then he finds him and he hits him. And I, I look at Tavian a little bit in the same fashion. You know, some of these athletic quarterbacks, colleges will take them and develop the passer later. We're taking the athlete that can run and hurts you with his legs. And, yes, throwing motion isn't the greatest. Yes, you know, he's got a little awkward delivery. That is not the case with these quarterbacks. They are finished passers. They are polished passers. They are passers first. So I don't want to – sometimes we start talking about running quarterbacks. You know, Lamar Jackson still has some work to do in the passing game. You know, he, he's a runner first. Yeah, so there's there's guys that when you bring them up, you kind of give the connotation to people listening. These guys are polished passing game quarterbacks. If they had no feet and they were never allowed to run, they would survive in the pocket with what they're doing and their arm strength and uh, accuracy. I'm glad you pointed out that in a seven-on-seven -seven situation, balls don't hit the ground. These guys, if they throw an inaccurate ball, Instead of it being six inches in front of the chin, it's maybe uh, six inches behind the chin or six inches lower or eight inches. I mean, it's not that. It's not like they're throwing air mails and in the grounders. You watch a lot of high school quarterbacks, and there have been quarterbacks going on air that can't complete 50% of their passes. So uh, that jives with everything I've seen with these guys when they throw highly accurate, highly catchable balls. I imagine it's often the receiver's fault. <laughs> He's a step off or a step where he's not supposed to be. And like you said, these guys are so um, polished now. It'd be very uh, hard. I, I don't see how you would get to this level of quarterback now without some training from someone who really knows what they're doing, the way the game has changed. You'd just be too far behind from – I don't care how much Madden you play. You'd just be too far behind from a schematic standpoint and what you've seen and – that way they clean up their delivery. They know what people are looking for and stuff like that. They know how to get the hitch out and all that stuff. So uh, I can't think of anything that's come along recently. I mean, Braxton may have not been the most developed passer, but, I mean, good Lord. He was impossible yeah. to growl and was like a highlight film on himself. Dirt, dirty little secret. When I was making the Montgomery highlight film that'll be on Buckets later, a lot of the plays I pulled out were his receivers having balls blow through their hands. Um, and, and this is something that I don't know if the normal fan can appreciate. And having played college football, the quarterbacks that throw the ball in college will snap your hands, break your fingers. You know, like they will put pop on you where if you're playing catch them, the strings will start cutting into your hands. Like it's a different type of ball that a lot of high school kids aren't used to catching. You know, and I see this at college camps all the time. Uh, Johnny from the normal high school is used to catching his buddy's ball every day in practice, and he goes and starts catching college quarterback-type balls in camps, and all of a sudden he's dropping every third ball, and his hands are disgusting, and his mind isn't picking up the faster-moving object. So to give you an idea, uh, when you play with a quarterback like this, your receivers have to come along. Uh, 
going back to Austin Appleby, who was an Ohio quarterback for North Canton Hoover a while ago. He's a six-five kid who, like Drew Aller, just ripped it. I remember seeing his receivers' hands, and they were all taped up. They all had broken fingers and looked like they had splints holding things together. I mean, every he had four receivers. Not one of them didn't have tape on his fingers because that's the type of ball you catch when you're catching a D1 quarterback's ball. No doubt. That's some funny stuff. You have to be able to evaluate the personnel around them, I think, for sure. It's a big, big deal. Um, these guys both come from decent programs and have been, like we said, well-schooled. And, and the next guy will get it. We have a Ryan Montgomery video coming. The next one after that, uh, Mark will do Bryce Underwood out of Michigan, and we will see which one of the three he likes best. I think it's pretty clear right now that no matter who they get, they're going to get an elite, elite prospect. Let's take a quick break here, pay some podcast bills. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And we are back. William, let's talk about class of 2024 wide receiver recruiting. This just in, Ohio State is very good at this. They are in the, as I always say, I compare it to being back when I covered high school basketball back in the day and Duke and North Carolina recruited. They didn't recruit. They selected. They had a, a group of elite guys and they started to hand pick them. I will, I guess, do this now. There is a question, as there always is, with every show. From Mika Hanna, he's the one to ask it today. It's almost like there's a uh, sweepstakes for who can ask this the most, Bill. <laughs> do we need to worry about Aaron Nolan and Jeremiah Smith decommitting? No. I'll say this. If any coaches leave, any of these three coaches 
Corey Dennis, Ryan Day, Brian Hartline left the Ohio State staff, then you need to worry. If they don't, you don't. It doesn't matter what you see on Twitter, it, uh, barring unforeseen circumstances, it doesn't matter any of that stuff. They will both be Buckeyes, provided those dudes are here. We are not going to know if those dudes are here for a long time because we have to go through an entire season. And I don't think you have any worry about that. So, Bill, now that we've addressed that, we will address it again the next time we are together and the time after that and the time after that. Wide receiver recruiting in 2024 is interesting. They have a couple guys in the fold who are elite. But then there's a lot of other names now percolating, a lot of big-time names. To put in context, Elijah Moore. I always want to say Brown. Elijah Moore, wide receiver from my old stomp, Good Council High School. Good Council High School is the alma mater of Stefan Diggs, I might add. In the WCAC, a tremendous football conference in the D.C. area, six foot four, moved up his visit. He has an offer. Let's talk first come, first serve. How many receivers will they take? Who will it be? Well, they've got two right now committed. Just happens to be two five stars, Jeremiah Smith and uh, Mylon Graham. Uh, they've got two committed. Uh, they're going to take one for sure, and I think they're going to uh, likely take two. Um, Jeremiah McClellan. Uh, I've had him crystal ball to Ohio State for quite some time. He is going to be making an official visit to Ohio State. I still like my pick there. Uh, but first, as you mentioned, Elijah Moore is going to visit Ohio State, make his official visit this weekend. Uh, he has an official visit scheduled after that uh, to Michigan the next weekend. And I think he's going to end up at one of those two schools. Um, and it, I think it will depend on the visits. Uh, you know, would Ohio State uh, be able to get a commitment from him and him cancel that Michigan visit? I don't think that's out of the question. Uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, even if he does go ahead and take that Michigan visit, then Ohio State absolutely could still end up with him uh, committing soon after that. Um, I, I do, as I mentioned, still like uh, McClellan to be a Buckeye, and I uh, certainly would not bet against Brian Hartline uh, getting a wide receiver, uh, Elijah Moore. I mean, who wants to bet against Brian Hartline when it comes to wide receiver recruiting? So those are the two big names. As you mentioned, Dan, there's other names, but those are the two guys to keep an eye on right this minute because they're up uh, with their visits coming up. Um, so, you know, they're coming to bat. Bill, I now know the question Buckners will ask you next, so I will ask it. Okay. How many receivers will they take in this class? Uh, it'll be three for sure, and I think it'll likely be four. Um, if they if they get McClellan, which I think they will, and then if they get someone they really want, which Elijah Moore is a guy they want, then I think they'll go with four. Okay, Elijah Moore. What about I saw another name, Micah Hudson? I don't think he's coming to Ohio State. To be honest, I, you know, I don't I don't want to. Uh, again, I never like to say never in recruiting, yeah. but I don't think he's going to end up at Ohio State. Okay, that, that question was asked. This is an interesting question. We're going to hit some questions from the Nut Gallery, as it were. Actually, it's a good name. Peanut Gallery. It was called the Nuts Gallery. Our nuts. We know this. Um, let's see here. Come on. Chris Glover. Cats. Um, who is the highest paid high school football coach in Ohio? 
Man, this is a volatile question. Yeah. Mark Porter, that's all you, buddy. Bill and I will just <laughs> sign off for a sec. Well, let me go to my list of published salaries for high school coaches and just call that information right up. Uh, <laughs> boy, that, that's a that's a subject guess, of though. rumor. Really yeah, no, I mean, I was going to say it's, it's a subject of rumor and innuendo. Uh, I can remember hearing Maslin coaches making almost six figures, you know, like I, I don't know if that's true or not after all the things. And, you know, I mean, who, how much of a teacher, athletic department, the, uh, director thing do you have to do? How much work do you do? I know athletic directors that have assistant athletic directors that do all the work and their mm -hmm. athletic director name to, you know, hold the salary plus the coach. Uh, you know, this is a math problem that with all those different titles, how much of it is legit for coaching or whatever. But there are some schools that I'm thinking the Catholic schools that have to come up with pure salary because the coach and teaching positions – uh, don't have the retirement. They don't have as much pop as some of the tenured uh, public school guys. Boy, this is a deep question. But I'm guessing, that? yeah, the, the Molars, the St. Xavier's, Ignatius, St. Edwards, top of the list, uh, Maslin. Uh, Kent McKinley should be rivaling Maslin if they want to, you know, par for par down there. But I, I would bet there's some high school coach that's going to see this and kind of laugh and go, no one knows what I get to be history teacher, athletic director, uh, superintendent of this, parking cars and taking, you know, whatever the gate. There are some guys doing very well. So I wouldn't, you know, and this is the funny thing. I've said this to college coaches, you know, at camps. There are college coaches making more money than you know what. And you stand around these camps and no one flashes money. No one pulls in in the yellow Lamborghini. Although there was one at a practice and it was someone at the high schools, but it, 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 no one does that. These guys don't wear big watches. They don't wear anything. They wear T-shirts and Under Armour or Nike or whatever they're sponsored by, and you wouldn't know they have a nickel to their name. And that's the same thing for high school coaches. So it's not a profession of flash. You know, these guys make big money for high school, uh, but, boy, I, I still think the college money's ten times more if, if you can pull that off. But – Great question. I'd like to know where you guys think, or, or I'd like to know if someone is at one hundred and fifty thousand, or if someone's, sure. at, you know, you know. I, I know in Texas, some of that stuff is publicized to be that much, but boy, is it hard to justify ten, fifteen thousand dollars a month going to your high school coach? Mark, let, let me add that when I was the head basketball coach at Dublin High School in teaching. I was not making $150,000. I will tell you that right now. But, but I, uh, I, yeah, I've seen many assistant coach contracts in my day. And if, if you got 3000 or 6000 or something for a season, uh, if you got 10 or 12 for something, you know, as a coordinator, that's big time. That would be a great sound. I think there's a lot of coaches that would do it for that much for the season. You know, I'd be more than happy. Back in the day, I will tell you that uh, – my supplemental contract, as it's called, to be head basketball coach at Dublin High School was about $4,000, uh, which computed for the amount of time that I put in coaching and everything else uh, to about 10 cents an hour, I would say. Uh, you got to love it uh, to do it. And salaries have gone up. But, you know, uh, it, you also mentioned one thing, Mark, when you talked about duties uh, of these parking lot and everything else of, of these coaches, athletic directors, you forgot the famous lunchroom duty. Uh, 
that that was the uh, I made the mistake my first year of teaching of doing a good job uh, of lunchroom duty, and they gave it to me forever. Um, but the flip side of that was I talked to more college coaches coming in the building um, through the lunchroom at Dublin High School than you could shake a stick at. Uh, met a lot of high or college coaches coming in that that building doing my lunchroom duty. Boy, it, it is the world of haves and have-nots. I mean, there there might be varsity head coaches out there getting five or six thousand for their season, and there might be guys getting a hundred thousand for their season. It just it's it, Ohio is a football-centric place in a lot of towns, and boy, what a question! We could probably digress, and I, I should probably ask a few people around, you know, and probably see maybe for next week if I can get a few numbers or ballparks because I'm kind of my, my interest has peaked a little bit here. I, I would think I would think Akron Hoban to keep Tim Timmy Terrell. You know, I think uh, he's been courted by college programs every year. He was rumored as the head uh, coach at Youngstown State, which there's almost a half a million dollar job. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, these guys have to. Some of them really have to be getting paid, and and it's all about football and the esteem for the program and what it brings in through, you know, some of these places, alumni and donations, and it, it's an interesting system. Three things popped up to me during this uh, little chat we had here. One, having a football coach on lunchroom duty, I will bet you that you could uh, go to all the schools and the teams that have a football coach on lunchroom duty have a better record than the teams that don't. I honestly believe this. I am so adamant about the football coach needing to be in the school and have his foot ready to go where it needs to go for those kids who get a little loose in class because if you know your coach ain't there – you're going to be a little loose. And let's be honest, I played football too. We were all a little bit crazy at that age. So, Mark, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, that is, an, that is an analytics question that I would love. I'd love to put a bunch of those factors in. Like, what, you know, there's a bunch of little factors like that when I pull up to a high school. And, uh, I know a school that uh, the last two periods are gym class for all the football players. Okay. You know what that does for your program? Give me the analytics on if your last two periods are gym class and the gym teacher is the football coach of what your percentage of developing players is, like, through the roof. Okay, guess what? That's Texas. So I have a friend who coached in Ohio and then moved to Texas. In Texas, during the school day, you have a class with your varsity coach. And they, they, It might be called coach. weightlifting. It might it's be called even, weightlifting. They even, yeah. They don't even hide yeah. It's not hidden. Not to mention, yeah. they don't have to hide. He went on a tour of some Texas facilities. They showed him his office and it had a window into a into a gym that was the nicest gym he'd been in. He said, That's your practice court. Okay. They had another gym with another office for him and that, and the pay was off the chart. So if you want to be a high school sports coach, you want to be in Texas if money is your Money and priority is your goal. That is their priority there. Third, when it comes my, go ahead. My first year of high school teaching and coaching was in Texas. I taught at a big school in Texas and coached there. Uh, I was amazed coming from Ohio. If you're in a big school in Texas, this and this is 30, 40 years ago. If you're a big school in Texas and you're the head football coach, you're also the building AD. That's your job. 
Your job is to be the building AD, which means you have an assistant person helping you a lot, to be the building AD and coach football and teach that football class. That is your job for all the big schools in Texas. It's a different world down there. And you're the highest uh, paid teacher in the school. Yeah, it's uh, I, I was amazed uh, uh, just what exactly goes on with the football coaches in Texas. And it's been like that for 30, 40 years plus. So Texas should be better at football than they even are. We know this, and they're not, so that's good. Here's the third thing. When it comes to coaching salaries, and I think Mark hit on this, it won't be your salary. It won't be like, uh, oh, they're paying me hundred grand a year. But what they will do is say, okay, you have the summer camps, and you get all the revenue off the summer camp. We'll pay you 60 grand, blah, blah, blah. So when I covered uh, hoops in the D.C. area for a long time and football, but hoops summer camps were huge. There was one school that opened up and it was a mediocre program and all these big time coaches applied for it and we could not figure out why. So I made some calls and it turns out the summer basketball program, the summer camps, the coach was making ninety thousand dollars a year in cash. I think the salary was like 50. So you don't know. If you see a guy, they can find money if they want a guy. There was a basketball coach here who switched schools and the the community created a, the school system created like a behavioral oversight network guy and hired him for a hundred grand. So if they want you, they'll get you. An intervention specialist, I see it was a lot of high school coaches, you know, a lot, a lot of things where you're dealing with young men and it, it kind of, the the alleys all match up. It's all within your purview. It, it's it's not hard for you to step outside of football coaching to manage a few crises. You know during the off season. Yeah, which translates to me is it's all BS. And uh, you know what I mean. It's all the stuff that can't be tracked, quantified. Yeah, quantified or tracked by time. And but it, that, that's that's the way they do it. All right. What's this? Aaron Childs. What's this? Hold on a sec. Elijah Moore looks like a Michigan lean. Aaron Childs from Good Council is almost a Michigan lock. And his other team at Mayo is going to visit Michigan with Childs. Maybe he follows his teammates. Bill, is there an issue here with uh, the Good Council vibe bringing our guy to Michigan? Oh, I think, like I said, I think it's going to be one of, you know, I feel confident saying it's going to be one of those two schools. Uh, I'm not ready to put a crystal ball on which one right now. But uh, I, the, the questioner has good points there, and I agree with those points. But uh, you also got to factor in wide receiver you and Brian Hartline. So that's why this is going to be an interesting situation with what Elijah Moore does. Um, you know, I, at this point, you know, we'll see what happens with the official visits and all that. But I do think he's going to end up at one of those two schools. And given Ohio State's recruiting at wide receiver, what they've done, who they have coming, what they've done in the pros, it's to the point for me now where if you don't take the offer from Ohio State, I almost don't want you because there's no argument against it at this point. It's the best coaching. You have a chance to win. You're going to get drafted higher than everybody else, and you're going to get paid the most. So if you don't accept that challenge, to me, you ain't ready for it. So Mylon Graham and Jeremiah Smith, come on down. We appreciate these two guys stopping by. Obviously, we could talk for much longer. There's a rumor they'll be coming on twice a week in the future. I still have to negotiate with their agents. <laughs> we get them some summer camp work for about 90 grand. So 
Hey, hey Dan, Dan, I got I got to say one last thing here. Um, the dean gets it, the last word as always. Buck nutters, if you uh, and you know this, Dan, because you've seen it too. Uh, but uh, we Mark's uh, June schedule is off the charts, Buck nutters. Right. He's going to see everybody and anybody in the next month of the camps he's going to. You know, I'll be at every Ohio State camp and all. But uh, Mark is taking this to, as usual, another level. And Bucknutters, you're going to get a whole lot of information uh, that you're not going to get. There's nobody at any site that travels mm-hmm. around and sees more kids and goes to more camps and 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 so on than Mark Porter. So I don't think you need to say, Bill. I don't think you need to say nobody at any site. When we when he sent the thing, I had to get my glasses because huh. the font was so small. Uh, and I was like, uh, West Virginia, uh, Lafayette, Indiana. So good luck to this yeah. guy. We need to do my, a my, my, my wife has never been happier, right? <laughs> Your kids are really going to blossom. All right. Yeah. We'll have yep. all that information coming. We appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.